TJ Oshie, he's so fake. He's not even from Minnesota. <laughs> He's, not. He's from fucking Seattle. My name's Danielle. I'll be the host for today. And I'll let my two other hosts introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Kelsey. Uh, I'm Christy. So, okay. So we have a lot that we want to discuss today. Um, but the first thing we want to talk about is like, every, it seems like every time we record, um, right after whatever we talked about happens. So last episode we talked about uh, women in the NHL and like positions that they normally um, have. And so recently, um, obviously the Leafs hired two women. First uh, is Haley Wickenheiser. Um, I don't know if I'm saying her name wrong. I apologize if I am. And then Noelle Needham. And I apologize if I said her name as wrong as well. So Haley is going to be the assistant director of player development. Um, and Noel is going to be an amateur scout for the Midwest U.S. region for the Leafs. Um, what do you guys think about that? You're welcome, Kyle, who also listens to our podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, he did say, I don't know, I don't really want to talk too much about him. I'd rather talk about them. But I just know that he stated that um, he had started using sort of like a blind application process yeah. where it was more anonymous um, and I, do you think that that's the best way to go about it? Or do you think he should be seeking out qualified women for this position for not just this position, but like any position? Um, I think, I think that, yeah, probably. Cause since, you know, everyone in the NHL knows each other, I think the best way for it to be fair would be to do it like double blind probably and yeah I mean it's really, it's great that they got hired and I think the Leafs were gonna hire Wickenheiser like mm -hmm. they've been circling around her for a while like she does a lot of like camps and stuff for them so I mean it's great and people should listen to us more often so I I agree but I think in a perfect world I would I would want them to like go out and specifically pick more people of color, more women, more minorities to represent their organization. Um, but I think the, the NHL would never do that. Or I don't think, you know, the leagues would ever do that. And so I think they're, I think they're picking her like, or picking like, cause I know it was Noel whose like process was really like, uh, anonymous. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, I mean, it's fair. It levels the, the playing field if they do it that way. I mean, I don't know if it was just for her or, but if they do it that way, I think it does like give women uh, a better opportunity and people of color and minorities, anyone a better opportunity to take positions or get picked for positions like this. But I did like Dubis's quote. And like, I mean, I put it in the outline. It's a really long quote, so I won't read the whole thing, but I did like when he was saying like, you know, um, if we only like if we only hire white males, you're leaving a lot of good people um, out of your organization and out of your, you know, just your thought process and your just the way that you develop young kids and and develop, you know, your prospects because hockey. I mean, it's slowly getting more diverse, but there kids don't all like learn the same way. So if you have different people in your organizations that can teach the kids how to 
like fix their shot or the right type of training or you know see that kid like hey listen he may not have the size but he has the speed or he has the skill or he can be taught this I mean just having that diversity can help you pick up more diverse candidates and help your team so I mean I like that aspect of it and obviously more women in the league is better for the league and for us as female yeah honestly I do think that this is also, like, an important step, I guess, to changing, like, the culture of the NHL quite a bit um, by introducing, like, more women. And not only that, but for, like, the players, more women in, I guess, like, almost, like, positions where you're forced to, I guess, Listen to them? Yeah. (laughs) Listen to them? I think so. But, like, I mean, did you guys hear the Zach Hyman quote when he was saying, like, Haley Wickenheiser is way overqualified to be doing this job? Like, I mean, uh. I was looking at some of her stats, and she's the Canada's all-time scoring leader in women's hockey, and she has five Olympic gold medals. And it's just like, I mean, Zach Hyman, who I love, I don't think he'll have five Olympic gold medals, like, <laughs> even if the NHL was a lot. Like, is he American? No, he's Canadian, but I doubt he's oh. on the Canadian team. <laughs> So, like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, this, these women, or Haley and specifically, are so overqualified. And it just shows that women have to be ten times as better or as good to get, like, half a position. Because I think I she's think doing, that... she's doing, like, player development, like, um, part-time. Because she's going to get her doctorate in, like, medicine or, like, physical therapy or something like that. It's in an article that I was reading about it. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. That's just how, like, women and people of color always have to be exceptional in order to get the bare minimum. Where it's just, like, these white guys could be, like, mediocre, played a thousand games in the NHL, scored, like, 200 points, and all of a sudden they're a GM. But she's getting a doctorate, and she has, like, five Olympic gold medals. I mean, it's a step in the right direction, but it's, like... Come on. And I think, Kelsey, to answer your question, I think it will help um, with, like, you know, like, with diversity and, and ha- having players respect women and res- uh, and getting that respect for women that they deserve. But I think it's going to be really slow because, I mean, this is just the Leafs and this is just the first woman, woman um, of that, like, you know, stature to get this position. Yeah, and that's even something that I was thinking about is that she has been... I think she's helped, like, the Lightning. I think she was in Arizona for, like, player development, like, camps. And she's been doing that for a while, and it's taken such a long time for her to get, you know, this position with the Leafs. Yeah. And, I mean, ironically, it's with the Leafs, and and it's, like, a young, up-and-coming GM who's doing this instead of, like, a GM who's, like, look, like, Tampa Bay's, the Lightning's GM is, like, amazing. We all sit, we all agree that he's like great but yet he wouldn't even hire her for their development i mean i think it's good also because the Leafs have a lot of young players on their team and if she's gonna be around and that's i'm talking i'm talking about them like they're children but that's like that's when they're the most impressionable before they before they turn like 25 26 and they're already set and they're they're already set in their ways, so hopefully it'll change the culture. But like it's only one or two women surrounded by like a bajillion guys, so yeah. probably not. But 
And oh, she's going to be working with their, like, prospects, not, like, the people on the team. And I don't yeah, even know if she'll so. be working with their AHL team. I think it's just, like, they're just the pros- prospects. So, I mean, it hurts me to say, but yeah. good job, Maple Leafs. Like, that was, that was a good <laughs> hire. <laughs> the Leafs did one thing, right? Yes. So, um, does anyone... Any any more comments on that topic? Anyone? I just know that he mentioned, um, Kyle Dubas mentioned that it was a basketball man whose name I don't know. I feel very poorly for that, but um, who told him, gave him the advice to hire women. Um, and I guess I didn't know that there were that many women involved in the NBA. Mm-hmm. To but be honest, are... I'm not <laughs> a basketball fan. I root, okay. <laughs> I root for the Sixers, but I don't I don't follow them as closely as I follow hockey. But I do know in general basketball, like the NBA and the WNBA, are a, ten times more diverse than you know any of the other leagues. I mean, they're okay. really progressive. They're very um, they're very diverse in, in like their viewership and the, the people that they hire. Um, I mean, it's not as diverse as we would like because the WNBA isn't in my opinion, supported as much by the NBA or as much as they should be. But, I mean, basketball is extremely diverse compared to hockey. And I like that you brought that up, Kelsey, because we're going to be I, – I wanted to reference that in our next topic because that was brought up again um, as, like, in, in reference to, like, being more diverse and, like, taking a note from basketball because they do have, like – they know how to market and diversify to fit their audience. So um, next, we're going to be talking about the white caps. So <laughs> this is out of control. And it's not even like so much. It's not of, funny, like, but it's, it's just. It's absolutely not funny. I, I'm like a little bit. I'm like baffled. And I don't know if it's just my own like, um, like naive, naive nature. Like, I don't I can't believe this actually happened. But um, so just to give you like a like a brief overview um Lauren Barnes uh, from the Whitecaps. She was recently signed by them. This is her first, obviously this is her first, she hasn't even played with them yet because they're a new um, organization. Um, And she liked a few tweets um, by like a conservative painter, John McNaughton, and said, that said, like, I had enough of Jesus Christ being kicked out of everything, replaced by LGBTQ and uh, Islamic propaganda. Um, she liked more xenophobic tweets from Donald Trump and like talking about the Mexican border. And uh, so with that, like a, a lot of fans from the Whitecaps uh, saw that and called her out on it. And she blocked those people. I don't believe she deleted any of her tweets. Um, but as of right now, um, her twi- her Twitter account has been deleted. And so that's not even the worst part. The worst part is that... <laughs> When fans started like expressing their concerns to the Whitecaps, um, the team deleted the comments and then started blocking fans from their account. Um, and neither the Whitecaps nor the NWHL have released statements as at this time about Barnes social media content. Um, and the Whitecaps have yet to respond to the criticism. What do you guys think about that? Like what? Yikes! <laughs> Just yikes. Um, I feel, oh, sorry. I feel like not even, 
I think the worst part, like, is them when, like, fans brought it to their attention and they just, like, blocked everyone. Like, they didn't, they could have just said, oh, we're looking into it. Like, we're looking into it at least to be like, oh, hey, like, we see what you're saying. And I feel like to just block them is just, like, what's the point? You could have just, and, like, the NWHL tries to make, like, try to be more progressive than the NHL, but this just, it just, like, solidifies that, no, it's just going to be the same as always. Yeah. The Whitecaps are, have, gosh, already had issues, um, for a time, they had Rob Stauber, I think is how you pronounce it, but um, I don't really care to pronounce his name correctly. Um, they had him lined up as their head coach, and then, of course, he went and spoke at the Trump rally, um, faced a lot of backlash. And then without really saying anything about him, all of a sudden, he just wasn't the head coach anymore, and someone else was brought in. Um, but I think the Whitecaps are already at a disadvantage because... This is their first season, so they haven't done anything positive yet. Mm -hmm. So it's so important, like, the statements that they're making now or the statements that they're not making, the support that they're giving, the support they're not giving. Um, And one thing that I noticed, and I went to school for political science, so I'm kind of a nerd about this sort of stuff, but the Whitecaps are located um, in St. Paul, which did vote, which does tend to vote more Democratic, but they are surrounded by more conservative voters and i think that they don't want to as a business strategy they don't want to like alienate conservative fans um because that's like their local market um which isn't like isn't an excuse and isn't acceptable and i just think that they could use more um both the people running the whitecaps official twitter handle and also maybe their players could use a little bit more um, sensitivity training and maybe come up with some social media policies. Obviously you can't change the way, you know, your players feel or think, but you can definitely, I think, provide more perspective and try to open up their eyes to see um, different issues and viewpoints and try to help them that way. That's actually kind of shocking um, that this is like the second thing that's Mm -hmm. happened. (laughs) but I mean in the article that I read it like women's hockey is like their fan base is mostly um like uh LGBT or progressive because I mean it's a women's sport and they're obviously there to support uh women's uh, women's rights and and equality for women and just it's all about like inclusion it seemed to be to me um and I thought that was the message that the W uh the NWHL was trying to send um, so I'm not really sure like what the white caps are doing, even if you are like conservative or even if you, you do feel if you're a Republican, a Democrat, like it, it shouldn't really matter. You should still like, if your fan base is upset, you should still like say something, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, especially when you're a new, uh, organization and you're trying to make a positive relationship with the community. I mean, even if you were saying like, you know, if you say like we apologize or or like listen we had no idea about that and you know if we if we offended anybody or if lauren offended anybody like i mean just take some type of ownership or or just apologize to the fan base i mean you don't have to say anything 
really like saying like, oh, you know, like Democrats for life, like we only believe in this, like, you know, you don't have to go all the way to the extreme, but just saying something instead of saying nothing. Um, Cause like, even when you see like, you know, like what was that baseball player who said like, was saying like horrible things about, I think he was like saying something about like, black yeah, or yeah, something like yeah. that. Like the team still like said something like, I mean, people, people like, the next game, like, I think people were, like, cheering for him because he said, like, racist remarks. So it's, like, I mean, no matter what, like, you could still say, just saying something. And I never thought that, like, I would be commending teams doing the bare minimum. (laughs) But, like, I mean, with the Whitecaps, it's just, like, you did nothing. Like, I can't believe it. I feel like when teams say stuff about, like, certain issues, it's because of their demographic. Mm -hmm. And I think that I think that baseball player, I think he said, like, something homophobic, actually. And, like, they suspended him right away. Like, he didn't get paid. And I think he, like, um, the player, like, actually, like, apologized, apologized. Like, like actually a sincere apology. But I feel like with this, like, with, like, the NHL and the NWHL, like, they're their demographic or like the people that they're that are that's watching their sport are kind of like-minded people so not necessarily that they need to like say things but I find it really strange that she had like a lot of like she liked some homophobic stuff because there's a lot of like um gay and lesbian um people in the NWHL and like that's just so strange and not even I wouldn't expect like um the white caps to be like oh like this is not acceptable but they could have at least been like hey like we see this we're gonna look into it blah blah blah. we accept everyone blah blah like not a big statement just literally the bare minimum but yeah it's too much to ask for, apparently. I just, in that article that um, you shared, and I think we can share it in the show notes, um, you there was a mention of how the WNBA had a, um, like a panel, I guess, of some of their um, LGBT players, and they spoke and, you know, shared their experiences and their perspective. Do you think it would be beneficial for the... Um, women's hockey league to do that or because i don't think that the pressure should be put on those particular athletes to like come forward i think that you know it's just not 100 percent their responsibility but um i think it would show more support from the league or from the individual team that did it to make a statement that you know these are our players and we stand behind them and we stand with them and fans like them and stuff like that. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I view stuff like that. Like it depends on what the players would, would say, like if asked how they would feel about that. Cause I mean, coming out and just being like, Oh, here I am like the token, like lesbian hockey player having to speak. Sure. Mm-hmm. Some, like, you know, some player who I don't, I only play against like, I don't know how many times a season that I don't like, I don't, you know, train with it. That has nothing has done nothing for me I have to speak on their actions and I have to be like asked toted around so I don't know how I don't know what I if I would think that was okay or not I'm not really sure because I know that I hate being like pointed out 
just like like oh yeah how do you feel about this as a black person i'm like yeah <laughs> uh well to speak for all of the black community i'd say like you know because i don't know but I, I would wonder what the players would feel and if they would feel comfortable with that absolutely because i mean people when affected by that i mean that's your not your teammate but that's like somebody that like is in your league and you have to you have to see and you have to like realize that they're saying this and like that could be affecting some young kids who are like, wow, I'm gay and, like, my favorite player now hates me or thinks that I shouldn't be here or thinks that I'm wrong. or I mean, even if it's not, like, a gay fan or, like, like a fan that's a person of color who has to be like, oh, wow, I'm rooting for this team, but now, like, I don't even know if I should. That league is very, very messy because you have, like, Harrison Brown, who is trans and he plays for the Riveters, but... um. You also have, I think her name's Rebecca Russo from that same team, Ugh, who, yeah, is, you know, I is a pretty vocal her. Trump supporter. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird how, to, to to exist on a team like that. Because, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know what to do, like, what I would do in that situation. To, like, I think, know that? Like, I, don't I know. think in situations like that, like, you just, you kind of hope that by you just being unabashedly you that the person eventually like changes their mind but then also in that situation when this has happened to me like a bunch of times when people just be like oh oh why do black people do this 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 and then you're like oh well i'm black and then they're just like oh well not you right so it's just like yeah, <laughs> yeah. like how do you how do you try how do you try to like not be the exception while also getting <laughs> getting people to like accept your whole like being I mean it doesn't seem like Harrison has any issues with anyone on the rib on the riveters but yes. Oh my gosh, Christy. I have I to forgot say, like, all of that, Rebecca Russa. Especially when like <laughs> in that situation when people when you're like when they're like, oh, why do black people do this? And you're like, oh, well, you know, I'm black. And they're like, well, you're not really black. Like, I mean, well, honestly, like, and it's just like, like, well, excuse me, both of my parents are black. So what do you mean? It's not I like mean, I'm not mixed. So I'm just like, uh, no, you can look at me and tell I'm black. I think. No, no. <laughs> they're like, no, no. They're like, no, no, Danielle, come on. I'm like, I bet you that happens to PK a lot. The whole, like, oh, you're not really black. It's just like, oh, you well, yeah, I am. That would make me cringe. To, like, know. oh, I can't even, that makes me so uncomfortable thinking about what, what if people say to him. Yeah, but honestly. I did want to bring up, so in a little bit later in the article, the, um, that we'll link, I'll link, we'll link in our, um, the article out because we keep referencing it. But, um, the, she she interviewed um, Erica Alaya. She's a women's hockey writer and a, w, a NWHL analyst. And she was saying how it's it's weird that the NWHL would have like issues like this because if you ref like you can see like the WNBA has set a perfect roadmap on like how to be a progressive women's sport and to like engage with their fans and to engage with the NBA and try to have that like bond to like push their league higher and like they made such a perfect roadmap why wouldn't the nwhl follow it and Mm -hmm. i think that's like really um 
That's a really good question. And she goes on to say, because like, you know, hockey still is, even if it's, a, even if it's women's hockey, it's still a um, conservative sport and, you know, still middle class, like upper middle class uh, people play that sport or kids play that sport because of how expensive it still is. So she was saying, um, she brought up like, you know, because a lot, it's predominantly um, a white sport, even if it's a women's sport. And she was saying, she referenced how like, um, like a, the 52% of white women voted for Donald Trump. And I thought that was so, that was like kind of eye opening to me because I don't think I really like thought about it like that because I think the W, the NWHL is so like, no, it's like LGBT friendly and like, no, this is inclusive and all that stuff. So like to think like, oh, wait, would it mean like there's like a good chance that half of the league voted for Donald, <laughs> half the women there voted for <laughs> Donald Trump as well? Like, I mean, like technically, if you like, think about it that way but I don't know what do you guys think about that I feel like I could be totally wrong but I feel like with women's hockey it's even more so like upper middle class because because like you they don't earn a lot of money so like they need more people to support them it just just makes sense like I'm not like I don't know why I keep acting surprised when I hear stuff like this (laughs) like I'm always just like oh that's so crazy but like I know this but I mean yeah I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if there were more women in the NWHL like in some racist Islamophobic xenophobic stuff voting for Trump Hmm. except for Blake because I love her I wonder about Hillary Knight though because she used to I'm pretty sure she used to be, like, a Trump supporter. And then, like, she did a complete, like, 180. And, like, I wonder how did she do that if she was surrounded by all these, like, like the 52% that voted for Trump like-minded women? I was actually just thinking about that because I remember, I think, when he first did it, when Colin Kaepernick first um, started to kneel, she liked a tweet that was, like... um, I don't know what I'd do if I had a teammate that protested. But then I just, and remembering that, I just went back and was, like, scrolling through her likes to see if she's been, like, supporting his Nike stuff at all. Mm-hmm. And she has. And I know that Twitter likes aren't end-all, be-all. Um, yeah. But I I thought about that as well. Like, I wonder what, you know, what helped her make that change. Yeah, because... Didn't the women, like, um, when they won at the Olympics, didn't they go see Trump? And I remember she didn't go. She hung out with her grandma. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, this is a completely different person from, like, a year or two ago. But I think think the... the evidence that showed that she she liked Trump or that she was conservative, I think it was pretty circumstantial. But I remember being like, oh, my gosh, I can't, like... Hillary Knight because she's she like supports Trump but now like she's completely different now and I wonder how she did it if she's surrounded by like all these uber conservative like people I don't don't know know. I part of me like I and this sucks because I love Hillary Knight like when I found that out I'm like a part of me just like that doesn't trust anybody is like are you doing this for your image? Is this like, you know, is it sincere? No, I, I think you, it's genuine. I, I hope so. I don't know. I mean, I'm always just like, you know, 
You ever see that gif of the chicken that's like being pet and then like it's like it looks over at you and it's still alive? That's like me all the time with like playing with that. I'm the same way with Jack Eichel. I'm like, I love you. And I'm like, Ugh. oh no. But I'm watching you. I had a question for you guys. Like, what do you, what would you like to see the White Caps to, to like, to bounce back? Like, is there any way? Do you see there's any way that they could like rectify the situation? You know, appease any of the fan base? What do you guys think? Or what would you like them to do? I definitely think that they should, first of all, unblock the fans that they block. Um, yeah. And maybe, I I don't know, I almost feel like it's too late to make a direct response to her liking those tweets, but I think that they can still address that they didn't handle it appropriately and maybe say, you know, we're sorry for blocking our fans who expressed their disappointment with this. Um Maybe they'll take steps to be more understanding and inclusive in the future. I don't know. Yeah. Something along the lines of blah, blah. We, the White Caps as an organization, strive to be inclusive of everybody. And last week we didn't do that by blocking our fans blah blah and we hope to do better in the future and we are always willing to listen to feedback i don't know the end sign the white caps sign the white caps i don't know for me i'm just like a really petty person so i'm just like hold the organization like you can't do it (laughs) i mean but like a hockey team in like a women's hockey team in minnesota should work like yeah, they, sh- no, absolutely. they should be fine. But yeah, I'm surprised that wasn't like one of the original cities to begin with. Because I mean, cause Minnesota, they're like, oh, hockey. They happy. did oh. <laughs> the state Oshie. of hockey, the state of hockey. Yeah, yeah. TJ Oshie, he's so fake. He's not even from Minnesota. <laughs> he's not. He's, Thank he's you. From, he's from fucking Seattle. No, not Seattle. He's from Washington. <laughs> he moved to Minnesota, and like. Um, like in his teen years, like you're not even from there. But anyway, but you know who is our boy Jake Gensel. Oh yeah, is he not? Is he not from Nebraska? No, he I... just went to school in Nebraska. But he <laughs> looks like he's from Nebraska. He looks like he's I like mean, I don't even call him from the. <laughs> he looks like a chicken, but I love him. <laughs> <laughs> he really looks like a chicken. Like, let's move on to a couple like player oh, signings, oh. ones that like matter. Noah Hannafin was like signed with Calgary and I don't know to me that's like kind of like weird you don't even know if you're gonna (coughs) do well there I don't know but I mean he's a a restricted free agent so maybe you know what leverage did he have but anyway just to like give all the facts so Noah Hannafin he's 21 he's a left defenseman um he was traded to Calgary he signed a year uh deal for six years um for twenty nine point seven million, so that's like an AAV of four point nine five million per year. Um, he was drafted in two thousand fifteen, my favorite draft year, and drafted fifth overall. Um, so he played three years with the Canes. Um, he played two hundred and thirty nine games and has had eighty three points. His last season was his highest offensively, so he played 79 games. He had 10 goals and 22 assists for 33 points. What do you guys feel about Noah Hannafin? I don't like him. Not even, like, as a player, just, like, as a person. There's something about him 
I just, I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about you. But well, I feel I mean, like he's friends with Jack. So. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Um, <laughs> and he's one of those players that, um, people are like waiting for him to have his like big yes. like season, and he hasn't had that yet. But if he has it next year, then that's a really good deal for the Flames. But yeah, I feel like this is them banking on his future, but I don't know if he'll be worth it. I don't know. I haven't really watched him play, to be honest, because uh, he looks sketchy to me. I am not the expert on Calgary, um, but I'm, I don't know what the pairings are going to be like. I didn't think that Calgary had a particularly strong defense to begin with. I know that they have Giordano, um, but what I was reading suggested that they were going to play Brody with him and they were going to play Brody on his offhand. Um, so I was thinking, like, would Hannafin be second pairing with Hamanek, who also is sort of like a middle-of-the-pack defenseman, and I feel like for Hannafin to really hit his stride, he needs to have, like, a really strong partner. And I don't know that he'll find that in Calgary, but um, I don't know. I I hope it goes well for them. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's just uh, it's just no Hannafin. <laughs> I I don't know. Did I don't even know if he played like first pair in no he definitely didn't in Carolina. Like I think he's just I think he still needs to develop more honestly. Even though this is like his fourth year in the NHL. I was just saying I was surprised that he um, like came straight to the NHL. I thought he could have done with some time Mm -hmm. in the NHL. Kelsey, that's exactly what I was going to say. So that's why I put like drafted in 2015 and played three years. So he didn't go to, he didn't go to their AHL team. And I think that was a mistake last year. Actually, it was his highest offensive year, but he was sheltered a lot. He was, he played on the second pair, I believe. And like all, he got only like offensive zone um, time. But I think that's, I thought that was a mistake. And I think that maybe he was drafted too high. He was drafted before Warinsky, who is a top pair defenseman, even though he plays with Seth Jones. I mean, Carolina's defense is really good. Is he really as good as people say? Um, and I think that signing in Calgary, where his coach from uh, Carolina oh, is now the new coach, I forgot I mean, about how that. is he really going to grow? It's not like he's in like a new system, like new opportunities. Like you still have the same old coach. So I don't know. I mean, I think that's definitely a player to watch. Like you said earlier, Christy. I mean, I don't really know that much about Noah Hannafin except that he's like Jack's friend and like he was drafted in 2015 and like out of all my favorites in 2015 like no is not one of them but, <laughs> i mean i think calgary is definitely there's something about him he's... like he's like i mean he's obviously a trumpy yeah yeah that's one and like he's very he's kind of forgettable yeah. i don't know i have to like I have to pay cl- more close attention to him i mean i don't want to but i guess <laughs> <laughs> Um, next, the man, the myth, the legend. The captain. Captain America, some would say. Blake <laughs> Wheeler was signed uh, to the Jets. Five years, $41.25 million, which is like an AAV of $8.2 million per year. What do we think? I kind of like this deal because Blake, I was listening to a podcast yesterday 
And they're basically like how Blake Wheeler has always been kind of like a late bloomer. Like he's not one of those people that hit his stride like right at 23, but he kind of got like he keeps getting better. And I feel like next year he's not going to completely drop off. Like he doesn't need to have another 90 point season, maybe like 80 or like the least 75. But maybe like when like the deal isn't going to be bad for age 33, 34, but it'll probably be a little bad when he's like 37. But I feel like um, with Blake Wheeler, they were saying that he got a lot of power, power play time and he was with line A. So that's how he got a, a bunch of his points. But I feel like you need to pay Blake Wheeler because he is he is like one of the best right wingers on the team. And if you let him go to UFA, you guys aren't like the Jets aren't going to get him because another team will pay way more money for him. So I like that Blake is staying. And I feel like, I feel like Winnipeg just needs to hang on to everyone that they have. Can't let anyone leave because no one will want to come. So I'm glad Blake is still here. And he seems to like Winnipeg. I think that this was really good for Winnipeg, and I'm super excited to see them next year. I uh, I like it. I like Blake Wheeler. I I think that he should get paid. I think that you know he had a a, a team friendly contract before, but he deserves it. I mean, last year was his best offensive year. Um, in 81 games, he had 91 points. But I mean, that power play is still going to be that power play. Like Blake's still going to put up points on the power play. So I don't really see. I mean, if if it's Line A doing that or not, like, I mean, it's not like Line A is leaving. I mean, so, someone has to give Line A the puck because Line exactly. A was kind of slow last year. Anyway. <laughs> what I would say, like, I think Blake Wheeler is a good player. I think that, you know, with young kids, he will, I think he'll do, he'll do well. And I think, you know, sometimes you have, I know people hate this, but sometimes you have to pay for, you know, personality I don't know he seems like he's good with the kids he seems like he's a stable presence in the locker room the team loves him as captain I I don't see why that's like such a big deal that he got that much honestly for the the term and just one more thing like as like he's the captain all that stuff but the the if the league does right by the GMs and and the owners then the cap will go up so you know that 8.5 isn't or 8.25 isn't going to be that bad in four years it shouldn't be anyway um and i know winnipeg has like a bunch of kids and they're trying they need to pay the kids and stuff like that but if if worse comes to worse and they want to trade blake or you know Um. retain some of his salary or whatever then that's just something you have to do sometimes you have like even good teams have bad contracts yeah cup winning teams have bad contracts like sometimes you just have to pay people i think with his contract though like there's like this one random year where he gets like 10 million so maybe that's where people are kind of like upset about it but they everyone in that locker room loves Blake yeah. like they can have random ass interviews about like nothing They're like so what did you eat for breakfast well Blake he says that we should eat peanut butter with chocolate sauce so that's what I've been doing like they like mention him out of nowhere like, they love him. And I'm just like, oh, that means... And I feel like even at 37 or whatever, he he won't be playing first-line minutes, hopefully. Like, 
hopefully. So, like, even on your second and third line, if his body doesn't, like, completely deteriorate, which um, I hope not, then he should still be, like, pretty effective. And, you like, they can... I don't want them to trade him, but still. And hopefully the cap goes up. I think it's... I looked at... I looked at, so I pulled up Winnipeg on cap friendly. And so in the oh. 18 19, he makes uh, 5.8. 19 20, he makes 10 million. 2021, 20, he makes 6.5. Yeah. 21 22, he makes 10. 22 23, he makes 6.5. And then 23 24, he makes 8.25. So, so it's kind of like mean, up and down. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's... listen, like, and then they don't you have to, like, blame your GM when they just, like, don't blame Blake. <laughs> don't, like, you know, so what? Like, and, like, when you, that example you said, like, how um, the team's like, oh, well, Blake said, that's me. That's how I feel. I'm like, Blake, Blake's like, you know, these kids are doing well. I'm like, the kids are doing well. Yes. Every <laughs> interview that he does, I'm like, absolutely. I agree. Like, like, what, him, though, like, they like... just, they honestly just bring him up out of nowhere. Yes, that's, like, that's extremely relatable. Oh, it's like, they like all even when him. he fought Malkin, I was like, Ugh, like I mean, like, and then Blake was like, I respect even, him, and I was like, exactly, I respect he, him and too. And even like, even Malkin, even Malkin was just like, we did it out of respect for each other. He's a good yeah. player, and I like, fucked that, up, so we had to fight. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I respect and, him. And then, like, I watched that fight over again, and like Malkin didn't even try. Like, I mean, all right, he's not that good of a fighter anyway, but like he, like you could clearly tell he was just like. And then, like, let him be thrown to the ground. Like, I was, like, <laughs> shocked. Like, when Blake got signed, I was going to retweet that video. And then I was like, oh, my God, I can't. Like, I can't embarrass my baby like that. But still, like, <laughs> out of control. Uh, yeah, my heart just gets warm Blake when I think of Blake Wheeler. Yes, yes, exactly. Like, Blake Wheeler is, like, like warm chocolate chip cookies. Like, fresh out of the <laughs> oven. That your grandma made, and it's like you're wrapped in a nice, comfortable blanket. Yeah. It's just like, and then like with like a little like, and then you see like America did something great, and you're like, wow, Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler. (laughs) (laughs) He was robbed of the Messier Leadership Award. It's a stupid award, but Blake should have won it. But who won it? I don't know. I just know that it wasn't Blake, and I was really upset. It should be named the Blake Wheeler Leadership Award. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should we talk you about good captains in the NHL? Because yeah. I, I have thoughts and feelings. <clears throat> I think Blake is a really good captain. I think Stamkos is a really good captain. And Char... No, okay. So with Stamkos, it's kind of like... Okay, so when... That year that he was out and then Kucherov got like 40 goals... I, I remember specifically saying that this is Nikita Kucherov's team now, and I think Dmitry Filipovich also said that, but then, like, I was, like, listening to a podcast where I was reading an article, and it was basically how Stamkos was in the room every day, and he would, like, he would, like, he he's, like, really into the medical stuff, so, like, if players got injured and stuff, he would like kind of help them out even though he himself was injured and he couldn't play so he was still around them even though he wasn't playing with them and Nikita Kudrov is not the type to like he's Nikita is really quiet and he will stick to himself like he I don't want to say he's not like leadership material but he's not like vocal about stuff 
And I didn't realize how close Stamkos was to everyone that season that he was out, but Stamkos is a good leader. And he took a pay cut, so he's a good leader. And Char is really good. Char 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 is a good captain. Yeah. He, like, I think Char does, like, um, he doesn't kind of, like, allow, like, hazing on the team, I think I read. So he would take in the young guys and make them make sure they feel like welcome and comfortable. And then like his Instagram post just shows that he's a good captain. And, and I, I think, think I read somewhere that like he makes an effort to keep learning languages so that he can like help new players who may not speak, yeah. you know, English or anything like that. You see? Really? Mm-hmm. He speaks like seven languages. Yeah, I, d- I knew that he spoke a lot of languages, but I didn't know he did it. I didn't know the reason behind it was like maybe for the, yeah, the new players. That's it's... actually extremely soft. I don't know much about uh, Boston, um, and I don't go out of my way to know much about Boston. Oh, that's but um, that's soft. And if you know me, you know I enjoy um, soft hockey players. So they seem to like. You got me. The Bruins seem to have like a good positive locker room and I think that's because Chara is positive even though he's so big and he looks so intimidating and he's really intimidating on the ice like like years ago not necessarily now but like he's so like <laughs> like he's so positive and makes everyone feels welcome I feel so I think he's a good captain but when he's gone it's gonna be Patrice and I like Patrice I think that he I have I don't know like I don't have like exact things like examples that he do, he's done but I don't know every time you hear him speak he doesn't seem like he just seems like a good leader and he seems like he cares mm-hmm. so he seems like he cares and you know he would go out of his way for a teammate and uh, I think that's the, that's a good thing that's a good trait in a captain mm-hmm. like that. Kelsey who are your captains I have some that I kind of judge for being captain. Um, <laughs> McDavid? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they just gave it to him because, like, he was, you know, McDavid. I don't know that yeah. he yeah. exhibits, like, leadership skills. Um, I was a little bit iffy about Roman Yossi. I guess that's it. Zetterberg, sadly. Oh, yeah. He's always he's a really like good a... captain, I thought. Yeah, he's good. I, I don't know. I definitely agree with you with, like, McDavid and, like, people wanting Matthews to be captain. I think that just sounds like they just want the best player on the team to be captain. Just because you're the best doesn't mean that you can lead people. Like, you have mm-hmm. to be willing to, like, listen and negotiate and, like, you know, ease the tension in the room and, like, provide support. So I definitely feel the same way. I mean, I don't know McDavid. Uh, and some would say that I hate on McDavid. And I don't know if I would say that <laughs> wrong. But, like, I don't know. I just think that, you know... Like you said, like just examples of like what Char does and like, you know, Sam Coast and like just being close to your players and like being able to read the room and stuff like that and not be selfish, I think is like good traits for a captain or who I think is a good captain. Um, personally, I'm biased because I think Claude Giroux is like one of the best captains um, in the world. Um, <laughs> like all sports, all sports. He's the best captain in the world. I mean, obviously, I would say Sid as well. I think um, Sid's a good captain, actually. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, you just hear, like, um, like I mean, everyone in that room would, would die for Sid. Honestly. Get their ass kicked for Sid. They would do anything for Sid. So, like, I don't know. And I, I just wanted to throw out, like, Claude Giroux. 
<laughs> I feel like with the Sid, sweetest though, captain. Of course. I feel like with Sid, he kind of he leads by example. Like he I feel like he lets like Chris Letang walk in do all like the you know, like the levity stuff and Hornquist and stuff, do like the make jokes and stuff to like ease the tension in the room. But I feel like the players around Sid, they see how much of a hard worker that he is that they want to work hard because if they see Sid who's supposed to be like the best player work 10 times like like brings it every night then they also want to bring it every night and then you know he's always like in the corner trying to like he's like a dad honestly he's like in the corner being like hey what's this and like he's always talking to people even though nobody knows what the fuck he's saying but yeah, I, I feel like Sid is like the lead by example kind of captain and Sid definitely was the captain because he was the best player on the Penguins mm-hmm. but I feel like he grew into that like yeah. to actually be a good captain so maybe that will happen with McDavid who knows and they're just waiting for Austin to be captain honestly I'm so sorry Morgan Riley I know you should get it but I feel like they're just waiting for Austin to give him the captaincy. Just as, as as a quick aside, I don't think Sid would have been as good of a captain if Gino wasn't his alternate. I feel like they work really, yeah. really well as a team. Yeah. 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 I mean, Gino <laughs> to me is like that leader on the pens. Like, I just, I love his leadership. I love, like, everything that he does. And, like, when he, um, when he calls out the team, he calls out himself. Like, there's no, like, pointing fingers. It's always, like, put, put it, saying himself first. And then, like, he makes it happen, which is, like, crazy because he's done it, like, time after time. I just always think of that story from um, when Sid was out with his concussion and people were talking about maybe getting, like, an interim captain. And Gina was like, no, Sid's our captain. Like, we're done. Can we talk talk about how, like, compatible (laughs) they are? Like, they're literally, like, they're, like, two puzzle pieces that just fit perfectly together. Like, it's insane. Like, how did the Penguins get so lucky to get two people that are both, like, generational talent, talents, and they just work so well together? It's, like, amazing. And he worked so hard to get here. Honestly. He was, like, a fugitive for, like, a couple hours. I feel like (laughs) if, if they got Ovechkin, though, like, it wouldn't, like, I don't think Sid and Ovechkin would work that well together because okay so Sid's a Leo and Ovi's a Virgo and this is my family so like like um I'm a Virgo and my sister's a Leo and I can only spend so much time with her before I have to like leave before I get like really annoyed so I feel like they I don't I don't think they would work well together and then I think one All Star game they played on a line together. Oh. They had no chemistry. It was that terrible. was brutal. Was that terrible. was brutal. Sid and Evgeny just they're just compatible, and it's amazing. And I can't believe that happened to them. And we're all just here witnessing it. Just you know what? I could sob for hours about this. I, know. So. I could too. Bonus episode, possibly. <laughs> yeah. Just yes, about their Definitely. <laughs> Who is going to be the captain when Sid retires? Cursed thought. People, people were saying Olimata. Oh, 
Um, that would be so because sweet. Because he's like this. He's like the longest tenured penguin outside of like Malkin, Crosby, and Latang. Yeah. Oh my god. Did he? That's crazy. Did he go to the AHL at all, or did he come straight no. to the team? I think no? he went straight to NHL. Yeah, That's because I think he good. played with Paul Martin. Yeah, remember? Yeah, he played with Paul Martin, and, and then then he got sick and like all that stuff, and like the injuries and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, how is he? How is he the longest tenured? He's been like injured a lot, and he's been out a lot. I love Olimata. Me too. Like he's so, he's so like he's like he actually looks like a penguin, and like he's so like <laughs> <laughs> he's so like soft and like he's been through so much, but he's still positive and stuff. I just wish he yeah. worked on his skating, but Max Pacioretty and the Habs. What is going on? Like <laughs> I don't even get their GM. That's crazy. Um but um in an article written in like the Montreal Gazette and he was saying how like obviously there was like this big trade everyone knows about that was supposed to go out down at the draft in Jude um, to send Montreal uh, to send Patre to Los Angeles, but it fell apart because he refused to sign a long term contract. Um, and so people are saying that like well, I guess he was insinuating that like Max is kind of just like saying like F you to the GM because of like everything that he's done. Because I mean he keeps talking about how he wants to be he wants to be signed with the Habs and he wants to stay with the Habs, but he's like rejecting trades. Um, so the so the GM can't really get, like, a good deal. Um, and so it was confirmed, like, last Wednesday that he, that Patre said that he will not negotiate a contract extension with the Canadians or any other NHL team once the season begins on October 3rd, um, and that he'll become a restricted free agent in the summer. Um, so, like, what do you, what do you guys think about that? Like, what do you think about Max Pacioretty? What is okay. wrong with Montreal? <laughs> I, I need to preface this by saying that after Subban was traded, I kind of looked at Pacioretty with, like, the side eye because <laughs> what what they made it seem was, like, Pacioretty didn't get along with Subban, so that's why Subban was traded. But I kind of, I just feel, I feel bad for him, honestly. Like, what is going on? It's just, like, they keep finding, I think, when Subban, I think when Subban was in Montreal, um, Subban was the scapegoat, and then Subban left, and then it kind of became, uh, who was their coach? Terrian and Pacioretty kind of became, like, the scapegoat for all the issues that were going on, and now that they finally fired Terrian, now it's, now Pacioretty is the scapegoat, and I feel like he can't, and he shouldn't be the scapegoat because he's not the problem with that team. But I feel like he can't handle it. But you, like, he can't handle being the scapegoat. But he kind of, the way they made it seem, it was, like, it's kind of insinuated that he made Subban being the scapegoat. Like, he made Subban the scapegoat. And now that it's turned back to him, he can't handle it. So that's just me being, like, petty and shady and being, like, well, you reap what you sow. But I feel like at this point, honestly, just get out of there. I feel like everyone should just leave Montreal, fold the franchise, go to Quebec. <laughs> like, like, it's just so, like, gross. 
Like, it's gross over there. Like, just, ugh. Like, no one, no one has any good thing to say. Just, like, leave. But, but I don't understand him reject, rejecting trades and saying that he wants to stay, but he's not trying to sign any deal once the season starts. Like, does that make sense? Like, he's reject, like, yeah. he's rejecting trades, and he's saying that he wants to stay in Montreal, but he's not negotiating a deal, because he's like, once the season starts, that's it. I don't want to negotiate. So he's going to become a UFA, and he's probably going to leave anyway. So that doesn't really make any sense to me. Maybe he's being petty and, like, doesn't want Montreal to get anything for him. I mean, yeah, I mean, like he might as well. Oh. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. He waited until he was a free agent. No, but that's. I mean, I don't think Tavares had any ill will towards new, like the Islanders. I don't know. I, I mean, think the new management probably. I don't know. Shady. That's a conspiracy theory that I have. <laughs> shady, but um, yeah. Look, I would just like if you hate it there so much, if you hate the GM so much, I would just leave. LA is nice. Just go to LA. I don't know. Is it, though? I mean, L.A. looks stressful to live in, but who am I to judge? I think with the whole situation, I'm not a huge Max Pacioretty fan. The only reason why I don't openly bash him on Twitter is because of SJ. Same. I, I keep my thoughts <laughs> Max is your dad. Girl. So sorry, SJ, but I'm not, like, a huge Max Pacioretty fan because I heard the same thing about him uh, having PK be the scapegoat. And how him and PK didn't get along. And, like, so I have ill will towards uh, Max because of that. It's so known in Montreal that they they have people as scapegoats. Like, they – and, like, they're good players. They will beat them down for any little thing. Like, how they treated Alex Galchenyuk, how they treated uh, PK Subban. And it's, like, people who would, like, love the city, who would die for the city. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, not, not die, like. I mean, but you know, it's nice. Montreal like, is nice. Yeah, and like that the commit to like learning the language and like being a part of the community and all that stuff. Like, I mean, if Max Pacioretty has gone, like, who's gonna be the scapegoat? Carey Price, um, Gallagher, what's that, Gallagher, Duran. Yeah, like Duran and I mean, I think I don't know. I feel like Duran's like seems is like a king there because he's from there. No, I saw a video when he first got traded there, and then they were just like. Um, it's like a funny video. I think Duran was doing it. They were like, how many points do you think Duran's going to get next year? And they were like, he's going to get 80 points. And I'm just like, that's not the kind of player that he is. Your expectations yeah. are way too high. So yeah. I feel, I think, like, it's tough in Montreal. Like, people say it's tough in Toronto. But in Toronto, they're so used to losing that, like, if you do anything for them, just like the littlest thing, they will praise you like a god. In Montreal, um, if you're, like, they're so used to winning, even though they haven't won in, like, 25 years, like, they have that culture of winning that if you don't meet their expectations and if they're not making the playoffs, then you are ridiculed and you're, like, bashed, like, every night on their French radio stations or whatever, and you don't understand it because you don't speak French, so you don't know what they're saying about you. (laughs) They could be saying anything. So I just feel like it's tough there and I don't PK had the perfect personality for it and that's why they loved him over there but I don't think Max does and like the last couple of seasons he's been 
Like, they've been going at him hard, even though he's one of their top the top scorers on on that team. And Carey Price is overrated. I'm so sorry, but he is. And it's just, the future does not look bright in Montreal. It just doesn't. I don't, I don't know. And I feel like it's what they deserve. The whole, like, organization, like, their, their GM, like, they're just their, like, they have to have, like, a, like a was it francophone francophone yeah they have to like their gm and their coach have to speak french like that just old boy that's like the like the exact definition of like an old boys club like you you're stuck in your way just for what that's so limiting to be like our coach has to speak french our um our gm has to speak french and like i understand they want to keep um that whole like they want to keep the cult like their culture in Montreal because you know with speaking French and all and all that stuff but it's like we have we have translators you can hire a translator yeah. if it's that important yeah. to you and you guys have and they money. don't even have to hire it they have people that speak French in their organization just and, have them right and then they have like a lot of the the writers or whatever they can speak both languages like yeah Like, you guys will not, like, die. It's not the end-all, be-all. And it's just, like, like there's not many good French-speaking coaches. Like, and they've gone through all of them. That's so limiting. Next, they're going to fire Julian, and then they're going to hire Alain Vigneault because he's French-speaking. It's just, I just look at them, and I'm just, how how does this keep happening to you? Like, what? What is wrong? But yeah, like you, I'm just do your thing, Montreal. Keep this up, Montreal. This is some good. Like we're eating good here yeah. on this podcast, <laughs> talking about y'all. Like this is great. Like keep it up. You know what? Who's next? Do you want to do Carrie Price? Do you, uh, what's the other one? Brandon Gallagher. Who we do? Are we doing Jonathan Duran? We doing who? Like let's go. Like I'm ready to add fuel to the fire. Yeah. Because keep it burning up there. Keep it. <laughs> Just be a mess up there. Soon they're going to talk about trading. They're like, going to talk about trading price. And it's just like, go ahead. I mean. Who's going to take that, that contract? Cap hit, that, I mean, I that's wild. That, like, this GM is awful. Like, these contracts, these <laughs> trades. Like, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be. Like, what is this team? Like, Patrick Okay, let's say Patrick is not on the team come October or whatever. They're going to have Max Domi, um, Druen, Gallagher, um, who's the other one? Domi, Domi, Druen, Gallagher. Yeah. Okay. Andrew Shaw. Andrew, Andrew Shaw. Shaw. None of these people are centers. Like, oh, so here, let me, I, I pulled them up. Um, on cap friendly. So here are the here are people who are just solid centers, not wingers. So Philip Deneau. Okay, he's supposed um, to be good. Thomas Pulkanic, who is he, thirty-five. He resigned with them? Um, yeah. Uh, uh yeah. I miss just like a one year deal. Um Matthew Pekka? Pika? Oh yeah. did they get him from the bolts, I'm pretty sure. Then you have Jonathan Druan who's center left wing. Um Andrew Shaw who is center right wing. Uh, Max Dolmy, who is center left wing, and Jacob De La Rose, mm-hmm. who is center left wing. 
So, I mean, they have tons of center depth now. Keep it going, Montreal. (laughs) I'd love to see Andrew Shaw as a center. I'd love to see... um, I'd love to see Max Domi as a center. Just struggle. Oh, yes, yes. You know, and and if I could say something, Montreal, because I know you're listening. um, (laughs) Could you just make sure that happens when you play the Penguins and the Flyers? I'd be cool. Uh, You know what? If you want to make Charles Hudden, who don't? A center? He's, supposed, he's actually supposed to be good. I like, know, but he's only a winger. Oh my god, Shea Weber? I forgot. He's like still hurt. Yeah, he's gonna Carl be out for most of the season. David Schlemko? Oh, Jordy Ben. I actually like Jordy Ben. Uh, okay, but they play Jordy Ben as like their top defenseman. Well, yeah, they're gonna have that's, to. That's a mistake. And he's, he's not that. I would feel comfortable with Jordy on the third pairing. Yeah. Um, but I still like him. Yeah, like second him pairing at the most, like, if you're really desperate. But... What was that? Oh, yeah, Sid and, Sid and Claude at the World Cup? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. like, my brand. That's, like, on brand for me. I, they, I love their love-hate relationship so much. Like, when Sid says, like, I don't like anything. <laughs> uh, I, I was, like, petty. <laughs> I was like, ah, like it's, I was, it's cause he's a Leo. Too much. Sid is such a Leo. Yeah, Leos are, yeah. Oh my gosh, I know Crystal's like defensive of Leos, but Leos, man, they're crazy. They're insane. They're too much. Too much. I don't. And I forget. And like, the Penguins have Leos. too much. That was what was it like July? July was it was enough. Yeah, like, July, they, every day was a birthday. Middle of. <laughs> it was every day i was like all right I'm it's crazy. like i think and i felt bad because it was like someone it was like <laughs> i don't know whose birthday it was like zach acid reese and i was like i'm not saying happy birthday and everyone, <laughs> i did, I did but <laughs> sick of it <laughs> he just got to eat solid food <laughs> which is out of he's control like, that he's like I that know. poor child that's crazy oh After he had the five cup. guys like ever I mean, Five Guys was good. After the cup, I kind of was just like, okay, so maybe like June, July. I didn't realize it's still September and he's freaking drinking his meals. That sucks. Yeah. Tom Wilson yeah. ruining And they everything. were out in like Mar- May. Well, all right. <laughs> I think that concludes this today's episode. On Max. Okay, everybody. So if you have any questions about today's episode or you want to ask any, ask us any questions or any topics to talk about in future episodes, feel free to hit us up at uh, on Twitter at where's my stick P1. Um, and so I think that's it. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs>